Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts from a Page podcast. My name is Cindy Burnett, and I love all things bookish. Today, I am interviewing Pharaoh Roshan. She is a USA Today bestselling author and hails from a small town just west of New Orleans. She has garnered much acclaim for her Holmes Brothers, New York Sabres, Bayou Dreams, and Moments in Maplesville series. Her newest novel, The Boyfriend Project, was recently released by Forever Romance. When she is not writing in her favorite coffee shop, Farrah spends most of her time cooking, traveling the world, visiting Walt Disney World, and catching her favorite Broadway shows. I had so much fun interviewing her, so let's get to it. Hi, Farah. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here, and congratulations on your new book, The Boyfriend Project. I have been seeing this book everywhere, which I always take as a good sign. How are you today? I am just fine. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I guess we'll start out with just talking a little bit about your book. Tell me about The Boyfriend Project, please. Well, so The Boyfriend Project, it is uh, what I've been calling a romantic women's fiction book. I am a romance writer, but this one was just a little different. Basically, it answers the question of what would you do if you discover via Twitter that your boyfriend has been dating two, maybe even three, other women. In the Boyfriend Project, that's what happens. My heroine, Samaya, she is getting ready for her date. And her sister is reading this date from hell that's being live tweeted. And during the course of her reading the tweets, Samaya realizes that this guy sounds kind of familiar and discovers that it is the guy she's been dating. So she, along with another woman that he is dating, confronts him. And all three women that have been catfished by this guy decide to team up together uh, and work on what they call the Boyfriend Project, which is actually the three of them getting together and working on themselves so that they can eventually find a significant other, but they take a break so that they can work on themselves. But Samaya's plans are kind of, there's a kink in her, uh, her plan when she is, when she meets this new guy at her job the very next day. So that's a little taste of what you will find in the Boyfriend Project. And it's set in Austin, is that correct? Yes, it is. As a Texan, I'm always happy to see when something is set in Texas. So, oh, I and- lived in Austin for a few years, and I absolutely loved the city. So it was fun to finally get to set a book there. How did you come up with the subject matter? Obviously, social media, Twitter, these various things like that are very relevant today. But how did you decide on that premise? It, it is. It's Twitter. I've been, for better or worse, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of addicted to Twitter uh, for many years. And I've seen this happen so many times over the years on Twitter and found myself just completely 
taken in by these live tweet events over the years. And it was just during one of those that I I was sitting there with bated breath, you know, scrolling through, trying to refresh and look for the next thing. And there was this live, somebody live tweeting this event that happened in an airplane. And just in the middle of it, I thought this would be pretty cool for a book. And that is where, that's where it came from. Did you have to do any research related to that? Because I know sometimes with books, people have to do research, but I'm not sure using a social media platform, did that require research? Well, not for that particular thing, but there are so many elements of this book that require tons of research. My, my heroine works in tech. And I actually, when I lived, that's another reason I said it in Austin, because Austin is such a huge tech city. When I worked there, I worked for a software firm. Uh, That was about 10 years ago. And as we all know, tech changes so quickly. So I had a ton of research that I had to do for both my hero and my heroine's jobs. Austin itself has changed so much. So I went, went back. It was great. I was able to go back for a research trip. So yeah, there's research always has to happen. This book a little more than my usual books because I wanted to get it right and have both characters feel really authentic. So yeah, it required a lot of research. That must have been fun to get to go back to Austin for the research. Absolutely. Lots of barbecue, lots of barbecue. Exactly. Austin's a very fun city to visit. What do you hope your readers take away from your book? Well, for this book, like I mentioned, it's very, it's a romance, but it also deals a lot with friendship. And one of the things is the friendship that these three girls develop. And one thing I hope that readers take away from it is just how important really having a really good foundation with friends that you can turn to, how important that can be. Uh, I've been blessed to have several different friendships where it's just a bunch of girlfriends that I can turn to. So yeah, that's that's one of the things that I really want readers to take away. Another one is my heroine. She is a young Black woman working in tech. And one of the things that I explore in the book is how, how much pressure she feels in her job, you know, having to be the only Black woman at her firm, the pressure to just perform and thinking that are knowing that her performance can dictate how those who come behind her are viewed. So that's another really important part of the book, in my opinion, that I hope readers, they can take something away from from that. Well, and that's always been a relevant topic, but it's particularly relevant right now. So that's fabulous and another good book to be recommending when people are looking to try to broaden their reading habits. Yes. What comes first for you, the plot or the characters? It's been uh, different with different books that I've written. Um, For this one, it was definitely a plot, but I've had other, I've written 30 some odd books and some of them, it has been the characters. It all depends. I'm very character driven. So even when I get the plot first, I very, very quickly, I go to the characters. I'm a psych major. I like to, you know, how people think that's my thing. So I quickly go to characters, even if it is the plot that starts the book for me. But yeah, it just all depends. Well, I think that's true. It does all depend. But I'm always a fan of character-driven stories because I think that's really where you need to start. The plot is important, but the characters are really important. And that's what usually, if a book stays with me, it's because of the characters. Yeah, same. Same here. 
So I'm a huge title person, cover person. I just think all of that is so important. How did you come up with the title for The Boyfriend Project? Uh, that was a collaboration with my editor. I can't even remember what my original title for this book was, but I am horrible. I'm absolutely horrible at titles. So thank goodness she's better. But I, I remember we went through probably 20 titles or so before we finally got the right one. And I think we put, picked the right one. It's, it's fun, goes with the rom-com type feel of the book. So yeah, but when it comes to titles, I'm just, I'm horrible at them, I am. Well, I think that's hard. And that is why I think it's an important part of it, though, is to really think through it, something that people are going to remember that's catchy. And I think the title for your book is interesting because the Boyfriend Project makes it sound like they're going to be looking for boyfriends, but instead it's something totally different. And I thought that was very clever. Yes. And now to the cover. Do you have a say in your covers? I did with this one. Usually I don't. (laughs) <laughs> you know, unless it's a cover that I've done because I'm a hybrid author, I do both in the writing and uh, traditionally published. But for this book, they actually gave me a lot of say. One, that's another thing we we went through so many iterations of the cover. But I I had a Pinterest board that I shared with my editor where you wanted to get a feel for what I wanted with the cover. And we shared it. The guy that's on the cover is an actual person. It's, um, <laughs> I told them, this is my perfect Daniel. And uh, the cover designer got it as close to him as she possibly could. And yeah, that was another collaboration. And they really gave me a lot of say in what the cover was. So I was very happy. I was happy with, I love the cover. It, it just all came together so fabulously. So yeah. I love the cover too. And that's why I was curious if you'd had a say in it or if you'd had to go round and round because it seems like sometimes the best covers take some work. And um, it's interesting that you mentioned Pinterest because as I've been interviewing authors, you're maybe the third or fourth person that has mentioned putting together a Pinterest board or ideas on Canva. That's great to have those resources these days where you can actually do that and submit it back versus just trying to say, well, you know, it's hard to sometimes envision what you have in your mind, translate it to get it to them. Yeah, you know, it was actually, I'd only done a Pinterest board a couple of times with books. For this book, it really did help. And it was my editor's idea. But I realized even with the cover, it helped great. But also putting together places in Austin. I had one that just for potential scenes where I could set scenes and like the apartment, you know, the swanky condo in downtown Austin that my heroine lived in. Just having, using the Pinterest board for those things and being able to reference it as I was writing, it really helped. So it's probably something I will add to my arsenal from now on at Pinterest board. It was great. Oh, that's fabulous. Do you keep those Pinterest boards private as you're writing? I mean, I'm assuming you probably do as you're trying to get the book out there. Do you ever share them or do they just stay privately for you? No, they they stay private. (laughs) They do. I can understand that. I've just started to participate a little bit on Pinterest and figure it out. There's a huge book community there, which I didn't really realize until I was actually thinking about the podcast and several people suggested doing the podcast to also add Pinterest because they kind of go together well. And so I have been exploring it some and there's a lot more there related to books than I realized. I maybe need to take a look because I just discovered Bookstagram. 
Instagram has this huge book community. And for me, Instagram was where I put recipes in my Disney and crochet. That's all it was for me. So yeah, I guess I need to explore more of what social media has, the book community on social media, because my mind has been blown. Well, several years ago, it's probably, I think, been four years now, when I was trying to decide where to publish reviews and talk about books, I ended up deciding on Instagram. And the community was smaller then, but still was already developed, but it's huge now. And that's worked really well. It's just all in one place. And you can talk about books, post the pictures, meet up with everybody. I've really enjoyed that platform. But yes, it definitely seems like Twitter now has a decent book community. Pinterest definitely has a larger one than I realized. Facebook. So it's, it's hard sometimes to keep up with it all. It is, <laughs> but it's great. It definitely is. And it's a great way to share my love of reading. What is your favorite book of yours that you have written? Hmm. I'm one of those authors who, once I finish my books, I, I don't want to ever see them again. <laughs> but I actually do. I have two that I've read them just for the pleasure of reading them. The first one is I'll Kept You. It is the second book in my football series. I'm a huge football fan. I loved it because the heroine is a budding sports agent. The hero is kind of a bad boy who loses his agent because of his shenanigans. And she's the only person willing to take him on. And there was just something about that dynamic and the chemistry between the two uh, characters that I absolutely loved. And another one is... A Little Bit Naughty, that's the title. And it is a little bit naughty, but it's too, that one too is the chemistry between the two characters is what did it for me. And the banter, that it, that book kind of wrote itself. And I think that's why I loved it so much. So those are my two favorites. I'll have to check them both out. And then I guess this kind of connects with that question, but do you have a favorite character or is it one of the people in those two books that you just mentioned or is there someone else out there that you still go back to and think, I really like that character that I wrote? It probably in a little bit naughty. Her name is Jada, the heroine, and she's just so spunky. She, she may be my favorite. It's, it's much harder to pick a favorite character than it is a favorite book. But yeah, I, I liked her as a character. Well, I can get that because there are so many characters in each book. So then to try to go back and decide on a favorite could be really hard. Yeah, it is. What's your favorite part of being a writer? I would say being able to work at home and not have to comb my hair if I don't want to. Um, no, it's just, it's something that you just get to spin these stories. You, you kind of get to create people and there's just something about being a fiction writer. I don't know. It's just, I can't imagine myself doing anything else, even though it's not what I thought I would be doing when I went to college and grad school. It's just a great job. You, you get to give people an escape from the world, even if it's just for a few hours while reading your book. So there's something about that that I find it's just great. Well, that's another part of social media that I think must be neat for authors is getting to interact with your readers once you've got a book out there and it resonates with them and they want to talk with you about the characters or tell you what they liked. That's got to be very rewarding. It is. It's especially this week. My book just came out. So many people have contacted me, letting me know how much they enjoyed it. So that's been awesome. And the way people connect with the characters it's always been so funny to me because I'm a huge reader. I have characters, you know, in books by other authors who I absolutely adore. 
But to have people talk about my characters as if they're real people and asking, I wonder what they're doing now. And I'm just thinking to myself, um, you know, I made this person up. They're not doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so funny. But it's like, I totally get it because I do it with other people. But it's like, yeah, no, no, that that guy doesn't really exist. I'm sorry. That's so funny that you say that because my husband and I, every once in a while, will read the same book and we'll like the characters a lot. You know, I'll pass it to him and say, I really think you're going to like this one. You'll read it. And then we do that. We're like, I wonder what they're doing now. And he's like, clearly they're not really around, but you like them so much. You kind of were like, well, these would be nice friends. I wish they were here. Yeah. That a lot of people say that about the three girls in my, in the boyfriend project, because they are so, you just want to hang out with them and have margaritas with their girls night out. And I'm kind of jealous of those three characters too. I would love the same, but yeah, they're fake. You know, it's like, <laughs> sorry. It is a, a testament to how people use these characters just to escape for a bit. So as an author, it really makes me feel good. If you're wondering after you've closed the book, what the characters are doing, that, that makes me feel great. And then did I read somewhere that you're developing the next book about one of the other two women? Is that correct? Yes, it's actually complete. I finished it about a month ago or so now, but it is the second book in the series. It's called The Dating Playbook, and it is the youngest of the three women. She's like 28 years old. I had to call reinforcements from my niece and my goddaughter because I am so (laughs) far from 28. I was like, how would a 28-year-old say this? Because I am, I don't get the slang or anything, but it was so much fun to write. Another one wears a a sports hero and she's a fitness instructor. And yeah, it was a ton of fun. Again, in Austin. So it was a great setting. Entire series is going to be in Austin and just setting scenes in some of these great places that you can visit in that city. It's just, yeah, I had a ton of fun with it. Another great research trip, right? Yes. (laughs) When does that one come out? Well, right now, I only know that it's going to be 2021. Not sure on the month yet. And I think it's spring, but don't hold me to that. A lot of things are being shifted around in publishing these days. Some books have had to be pushed back. And who knows what next year's schedule will look like. But it's complete, so I've done my part. Uh, (laughs) I'm just happy that it's done. Yes, that's got to be the nicest feeling to already have that finished. Because I do think that it's difficult as an author when you're launching a book and then you're in the middle of trying to write the next one. So it's great for you to have it done. You can just enjoy the boyfriend project as it's coming out, take in all of that and not worry about working on edits or whatever else you need to be doing right now. Oh, yeah. I would be going absolutely crazy if I were trying to write while going through all of this launch I do still have to do like my, the rewrites, but that will be maybe, maybe next month, I hope, so I can get all of this behind me. But yeah, I would be going absolutely bananas. I think it would be hard to inhabit two different stories. So that's definitely nice that you've got the piece, enjoy what's happening now, and then get to the editing part down the road when this is all settled down from the boyfriend project. Yes, definitely. So what do you like to do when you're not reading or writing? I am... A big fan of travel. Unfortunately, I can't do that now. (laughs) But I do. My my body is kind of like out of whack because it hasn't been above (laughs) 27,000 feet. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, huge travel fan, huge Disney fan. 
Uh, I also love Broadway way too much. I also uh, really love crochet. I got into it a few years ago just to, I was looking for a way to relax where I can watch TV and not feel guilty. So I thought, oh, if I'm creating something, maybe I can do that. So I fell into it and I absolutely love it. So those are just a few of the things that I, I like to do. We love Disney too. And in fact, we had planned to go out to California this summer and go to Disneyland for a couple of days. And obviously that's not happening, but I'll be really curious to see what happens with Disney and, and how they get opened up and how it goes for them. And we're also huge Broadway fans, love musicals, love to go to New York and see yeah. shows. And again, it's been heartbreaking to see the shows continue to have to be closed and postponed. Yeah. So hopefully they can make a rebound. Yeah, it, it has been. I'm, I'm the same. I do at least two trips to New York every year and see six shows. You know, I make sure I get there on the Wednesday so I can catch the matinee. And yeah, that's that's my life. And yeah, it's been heartbreaking to see the shows, those that know they won't be able to sustain and having to just close down. So many people affected. I, I People don't realize it's not just the stars. It's at hand. It's the orchestra. So many people the entire community. So yes, hopefully the September date will work and they can figure something out and get back up and running and we can go yeah. back and see our shows. Yes, yes, goodness, I would love it. Share something your readers wouldn't know about you. <laughs> I put everything online. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I stole a Hershey bar from Kmart when I was six. I know. <laughs> I found out later that my dad paid for it, but... That's probably the only thing I haven't shared with readers. But yes, I am a recovering chocoholic thief. That's, that's the thing. And I looked directly at the person behind the, I still remember it. It's like six years old. I looked directly at the cashier and then my dad and I just slipped it in my pocket. And he told me later that he paid for it. But so that was my little brush with, I, I decided not to be a thief. After that, You're like I, I was a criminal once, but I have reformed. <laughs> I was a criminal, and it would be chocolate. That's another hobby of mine. Chocolate. We're huge chocolate fans at my house too, and it never stays around long. So I get that. <laughs> well, I'm going to wrap it up, and my last question is: Tell me about two of your favorite recent reads that you would recommend to people. Okay. Well, one of them would be. I'm Perfectly Happy by Sharina Harris. It's a great book about, it's more of a women's fiction as well. And it's about four college friends. They all, they almost like my book in that they formed this pack back when they were in college. And it, the book happens 10 years later when all four realize that they're not really pursuing the dreams that they started. Um, it's just a great book. It, it harkened back to Terry McMillan's Waiting to Exhale for Me, just a great girlfriend book. Another one that I really enjoyed is The Trouble with Hating You by Sanjay Patel. It is set in Houston. The author, she is South Asian American. The book is just, it's fabulous. It was so funny. I recommend, you know, everyone check it out. It gave me like a window into a community that I'm not as familiar with. And it was just great to learn, to learn more about the, I, I visited India a couple of years ago and Austin has 
its own South Asian community as well. I didn't realize Houston had such a huge one. So it's just, you always can learn from books. And with that one, I learned a lot. I've seen both of them and I didn't realize the second one was set in Houston. So I definitely need to check both of them out, but particularly the one set in Houston because it's always fun to read something set where you live. Yeah, it was really great. Both of them were, yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for joining me. This has been a ton of fun and congratulations on the Boyfriend Project and I hope everything just continues to go great for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Thoughts from a Page podcast. If you like this episode, and I hope you did, please follow me on Instagram at Thoughts from a Page. Leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast and tell all your friends about the Thoughts from a Page podcast. I would really appreciate it. Farah's book can be purchased at Murder by the Book, where I work part-time. Thanks to KP Regan for the sound editing, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope to have you listen next time. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.